freaking fireworks it's amazing actually. that's real america yeah. all right well dude let's let's get started let's uh let's give you props for what you're doing right now too thanks ready? man yeah ready all right so guys we're doing a, a special quick hitter of a mighty beast episode because right now it's the evening of july 4th happy birthday america happy uh, birthday <laughs> and, uh, right now you guys don't know this but Sean is so dedicated to this podcast that he's recording in the car right now because <laughs> he's still in is coming out of a fireworks show. Um, but he just had to get this done, and we had to get this done for y'all. Yeah, it's a big week, content man. You want <laughs> big week in, in combat sports? Your big pay per view coming up. So this is why we're so dedicated to you guys because it's a big week. I mean, it's a big weekend coming up, and the fights are going to be amazing. We we couldn't not do this episode. And I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it. Before we move forward, let me give a couple of shout outs. Uh, yes. Shout out to our boy, uh, our friend Andrew Capuro, Southpaw Cap on Instagram. Shout last, out. last weekend, he fought at Lupini uh, Stadium in Bangkok for Fairtex, for Fairtex Fight Promotions. He lost a tough decision against a really good fighter out of Korea. Well, guess what? He's fighting again tonight. So What? Yeah. So in Lupini? <laughs> I don't know if it's in Lumpini. I, I couldn't get a lot of details from him because his phone uh, broke over the weekend, so he couldn't update everybody. But I'll probably find out in a few hours uh, how it went. When it, Well, not in a few hours. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll probably find out. But anyway, so he's fought last Friday, fighting again tonight. Good luck, Andrew, uh, doing the thing, as you like to say, Sean. Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to... Our student in our Muay Thai group, uh, Ted, who's getting ready to do his third uh, Muay Thai Development League uh, sparring scrimmage in Stockton this weekend. I'll be able to go out with him because of a previous engagement I got double booked on. But he'll be out there with the team. Ted's been training hard. He's been doing great. Uh, Special shout out to our friend Ray Pardas for coming out Friday night to spar with us, sparring with me, Ted, and our guy Scott, getting some good work in. So we're excited for you, Ted. Shout out to Ted. I want to shout out uh, my homie, uh, Mark Bautista. He's the one that's actually throwing this party. So he was very welcoming. I haven't seen the guy in years. And, um, you know, him and his family allowed us to come inside his house and kind of swim in his pool and, like, watch all these cool fireworks. So shout out to Mark. Also, shout out to my man, Evan Bishop. He competed in the uh, Jiu-Jitsu World League uh, Worlds out there in... Uh, LA and he placed second lost uh, lost in the finals but uh, won two uh, as well as my buddy uh, Mark he also and uh, Iris also uh, they all pretty much got second place and anyone else that competed in that jiu-jitsu world league out there in LA hey congratulations to your teammates and your friends dude thank That's you a thank you thing. but it's a great thing that you brought up jiu-jitsu world league in LA <laughs> you posted a video and I had to find it apparently in one of the matches uh, someone got caught in a triangle 
they lifted the guy up and walked him over to the scores table and slammed him through the fucking dude. I didn't. So I saw the long form of that video. I gotta give I gotta give credit to the guy who got slammed through the table. He no sold it. Yeah. He did not sell it at all. He didn't act like he was hurt or anything. He didn't try just to play it. Yeah. He just got up and got his hand raised. Winner by disqualification. What a uh, gangster. Number one, I've never seen that at a jujitsu tournament. But you better believe if you've been to enough of these jujitsu tournaments, people joke about something like that happening eventually. <laughs> and I guess it eventually happened. Jiu-Jitsu World League LA, <laughs> shout out, the new WrestleMania. Uh, Sean, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen at a jujitsu tournament? Is that the craziest thing you've ever witnessed? I mean, we weren't there in person. Hmm. What's the craziest thing you've ever witnessed in person at a jujitsu tournament? You know, nowhere near that crazy, but I did... Uh, see two parents arguing with each other because I guess two kids were on opposing teams, obviously, and they were competing against each other. And one of the parents took uh, an inadvertent triangle because, uh, you know, with, when kids, you know, a lot of kids don't really do triangles. You know, it's usually probably like an arm bar or it's some mm-hmm. like really easy submission. And I guess the parent maybe thought he held on too long, but the kid didn't tap. So there was a bunch of arguments and there was a bunch of, uh, there was a bunch of uh, words being, being exchanged and there, it almost went fist of cuffs, but uh, the, the organization, I think it was jujitsu by the Bay at the time, they were really good about calming the situation down and not, letting it escalate so that's probably the most craziest thing i've way seen way to go to moment. upkeep the martial arts spirit you uh jujitsu parents <laughs> jeez you know it's it's funny you say that because the one of the weirdest things i ever saw at a jujitsu tournament involved parents of uh youth competitors as well this dad was pacing back and forth behind the the viewing rail while his son was competing oh, God. his son got an arm bar on his opponent and in short the dad w- went crazy and was just imploring his his son to break the kid's arm. He kept yelling, what? break it, break it, break it, break it. The kid didn't break it because the, the other kid tapped. And so everyone was fine. But after the match was over, this dad kept pacing and was just mumbling to himself about breaking Whoa. the arm. It was just... Uh, I, some of you guys, some of you parents out there need to calm the fuck down because it's Seriously. really embarrassing. So, but I, I, I'm not hoping that it happens, but I gotta say, it's probably a pretty dope thing to see somebody get slammed through the table live. At a <laughs> live. Center, which is me saying, be able to tell that story for years to your teammates when you go back to your jujitsu school. <laughs> you, you know, it was crazy when, when I actually saw that clip, I didn't know that it was at the one, I thought it was maybe like something from the past. But then when I did see the Jiu-Jitsu World League uh, mm-hmm. logo on the mats, I was like, oh, that must have been something recent. And it ends up being like, the one, yeah, <laughs> the last LA one at the World where The one that you're... Yeah your friends went to yeah <laughs> good how's, job how's a, good job la <laughs> how how does that like what was the end result of that though was it like did the guy get dq'd you know, or what, yeah what see the... he got dq'd you could see the the hand signal by the ref but here's what oh. was really interesting to me is just while the guy is walking his opponent over to the table the referee did not move from the spot one inch. It's like, you would fuck? think the referee would get between him and the table to stop any kind of weird fucking idea that this guy had. I I, but now, let us let me just say, that I think these referees, they, they work hard. I think they work these long hours. They don't get paid a lot. Maybe he was fatigued and tired and couldn't believe his <laughs> eyes. Maybe he couldn't believe his eyes. Maybe he couldn't believe what he was about to see. Uh, but... <laughs> 
jujitsu refs, you now you know one of the other things you're gonna have to look out for. You're gonna have yeah. to look out for someone slamming their fucking opponents through tables. Oh god. <laughs> so with that, let's recap a little bit of the fights from last weekend over at UFC Fight Night because there are some implications that happen from it. <laughs> the headline fight, Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov. Sean Strickland wins by KO in the second round after overcoming an eye poke in the first round. Sean Strickland also gets awarded performance of the night. Uh, what what did you see here? Was this just a, a a case of just Sean Strickland's fundamentals were just too much and, and Magomedov was just in the deep end of the pool too soon in his career? You know, it. first off, I want to say that I, I received the white belt of the week this time because... Unfortunately, I picked uh, Alvis uh, Magomedov to win. I and think I, I did I too. I'm going to share a white belt. Yeah, and I, I didn't think that, you know, I really thought that maybe the level of opposition that he had in the past and, and the amount of fights that he had was going to catapult him past uh, Sean Strickland and maybe even to a better ranking. But just, uh, in that first round, um, even before the eye poke, there was a lot of energy being expended by uh, Abbas. And after the eye poke, uh, it just looked like, it, it really just looked like he gassed and it kind of looked like he wasn't ready for the pressure and the walk down that Sean Strickland was given. And, you know, Sean Strickland was just throwing, you know, like he was just walking forward, throwing that one, two and that jab. And yeah, nothing um, fancy, nothing fancy, very, very like not even a lot of power until all of a sudden, uh, you know, Abbas hits the wall or he hits the cage in his back and he starts kind of panicking. Did you notice that? It looked like he felt like uh, he's drowning. Like if, if like something didn't happen for him in the first round, it's almost like some he's like threw the game plan out the window because I think he expected the first round to really go his way hard and couldn't believe that Sean Strickland wasn't being put away. So uh, it's a, it was a good performance by Sean Strickland. It showed real professionalism on his part. And Agreed. just showed that Magomedov has a little bit of ways to go. I mean, there's promise in his career. But now, like, having that that being said, do you think how how highly does this raise Sean Strickland's stock in the middleweight division? You know, afterwards in the post uh, post fight press conference, he was talking about how he feels that due to him stepping in and making this. Uh, and performing this way that maybe he deserves a, a title shot against Israel Adesanya. I mean, is that, is he kind of just like taking a shot at it? Because why not? I think so. I mean, he, you know, he's, they've had some, but does he really you know, deserve work. it? I guess that's a, is a question. Uh, you know, I think if he, I mean, this was a good win against someone that was kind of un, unknown. I mean, he was well known in PFL obviously, but you know, the opposition that he fought, I mean, they were kind of like nobody. Obviously, he does have a ton of fights, but who he, who has he beat, and who I mean, who can he beat in the UFC? Uh, one thing that I did know, I, I one thing that I'm going to say is, you know, the middleweight division is in need of fresh meat and kind of like, uh, you know, Izzy is just you know pound for pound right now. He's he's way up there. So, but does Sean Strickland offer the different type of look? that could bring excitement to a title bout because he's just ba essentially he's another striker. Yeah. And we just know how Adesanya in the past has just handled strikers. Yeah. And yeah. I think what people have always been wondering is what 
would Israel Adesanya do against someone who's really an elite grappler but has yeah. very serviceable striking? You know, Sean Strickland, obviously serviceable striking, but not well-rounded in the sense that he's going to die for double legs and yeah. like body clinch you to the ground. Yeah. Um, so does that even make it a compelling fight, even though he's just been super busy and super successful? You know, I'm going to say if... If I don't, I say Strickland doesn't get the next title shot. I say he gets the winner of Duplessis and Whitaker. If he beats, I think Whitaker's going to come out the winner. Should he get the loser? You know, either or, man. Because I think he should get the loser. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think that's that's where his skill set kind of lies. I'm not saying that he's a loser, but I just I just kind (laughs) of feel where that's that's where the skill set kind of and the level of competition kind of matches with where he is. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I say he gets the loser of that fight because obviously the winner will most likely get a title shot. All right. What other fights on this card on the pat before we jump to UFC 290? Did you want to shout out Sean? Was there anything that stood out to you? I don't have the fights in front of me. What was the co-main again? Well, the, the, was... co-main, of, the, the co-main event was Damir Ismagulov versus Grant Dawson. Grant Dawson <laughs> won a unanimous decision. Yeah. Um, he was the plus 125 underdog. We also had Max Griffin versus Michael Morales at Walter Waite. Michael Morales took a unanimous decision. And at women's flyweight, we talked about this last week because, uh, as you like the term, the dime pieces, uh, Ariana, Li- Ariana Lipsky took a split decision win against Melissa Gatto. Uh, in the prelim main event, the return of Kevin Lee at Walter Waite versus Renat Fakhrat Dinov. Oh, um, and Fakhrat Dinov made, made short work out of it with a submission against oh. Kevin Lee. Uh, so not a great comeback for Kevin Lee. I think we were talking about last week how they weren't doing Kevin Lee any favors by making no. this matchup for him. Uh, co-main on the prelims at Featherweight for was uh, Jan, uh, Jan, Yonderson Brito versus Weston Wilson. Um, that was quick. That was a KO in the first <laughs> yeah, round, yeah, in the quick. middle of the first round. And it was a women's Featherweight bout. Uh, Yana Santos uh, lost a split decision to Carol Rosa uh, from Brazil. Isn't uh, it crazy how that's a featherweight fight? It, it, it was interesting. I think it, I, I, my hope is that okay, maybe they build that division back up and not abandon it for for the female fighters at featherweight. So that that's my hope. That's my hope. And fight of the night was the lightweight fight between Guram. Uh, Kutaladzi, did I say that right? Oh, versus yes. Elvis Brenner. Elvis Brenner wins by KO in the third round. And that was awarded fight of the night. That was a pretty good fight, though. So they, they, they had some bangers. UFC fight night uh, does well for itself. My apologies for mispronouncing some of these names, guys. <laughs> uh, let's jump to this weekend. Uh, UFC 290, a big, big card. T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas uh, headlined for the featherweight title fight between Alexander Volkanovsky versus the interim champion, Yair Rodriguez. They don't even have the odds out yet for this one. Who do you got for this one, Sean? You know, after seeing Volk go up and wait and kind of almost handle Islam Makachev, um, I don't think, after watching that fight, I didn't think there was any featherweight that can mess with um, with Alexander Volkanovsky. So I'm going Volk. Um, I say he finishes him. I think uh, Volk, Volk's pressure and Volk's 
counter punching. I think it's, I mean, it's, I know that Yair's kicking is probably going to give him a couple problems because, you know, he is kind of lanky and he is a little bit longer. But I still think that Alex Volkanovsky is, you know, still one of the top pound for pound. And I honestly think that Yair doesn't have, uh, I don't think he has what it takes to beat Volk. I think it's it's going to be a very um, precise performance, meaning I think uh, Alexander Volkanovsky is going to pick him apart systematically, and I think it's going to be easy money for this guy and a bonus. I don't think it's going to be an easy fight. I think, though, Yair does have holes in his game when you go inside of the kicking range. Mm-hmm. He's got dynamic kicks, long limbs, but one of the problems that comes with that approach in fighting is that he will gas himself out with that yeah. explosive type type of kicking style. Uh, so it would be interesting to see if he's tightened up his boxing range, if he has an answer for Volkanovski when it gets into the clinch. I think Volkanovski is going to decision this because he's going to play it smart. If you're too careless That'd against Javier Rodriguez, you know, he can put the lights out because he's so dynamic. But so right. do you think after this one, if not like win or lose, does Volkanovski move up to lightweight? I think so. I mean, he had such a good fight with Islam that, you know, I'm I'm sure that's like always like at the back of his mind, like, man, I should have had that. I can go back to that. And I think too, it'll probably sell really good. I think it's a good call. I think, I think it makes it more interesting than maybe a fourth fight with Max Holloway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it just seems like, like people just haven't been able to figure out the puzzle of Volkanovski at featherweight, but we'll see. I think, you know, hopefully Yair Rodriguez has, has a good showing for himself here and he's going to have to show real mixed martial arts technique. It can't just be dynamic, flashy, flashy kicks. That's going to get him to a victory. He's a sneaky motherfucker though, man. Sneak. You know, here's the thing. I think Alexander will get it to the range where he wants, which is the punching range, but he's going to have to eat something bad on the way in. So that's why I feel like this will go to a decision because he's going to play smart. He's, you know, you're going to chase the finish a little bit with the kicks. Alexander's going to try to uh, play smart in the medium range. So that's, that's the way I think this fight will go. Uh, The co-main event is super interesting to me. Flyweight title fight between the champ, Brandon Moreno, who, you know, we're both big fans of against Alexandra Pantoja, Pantoja is someone who he's fought twice before and lost to, Sean. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but right now Moreno's the champ. He's opening as a minus one ninety five favorite. Pantoja, the plus one sixty five underdog. Has Brandon Moreno improved enough in this into this title run where he's figured Pantoja out? I think so. I mean, the first fight that they did have was on the Ultimate Fighter, which you know kind of sort of doesn't count. Um, as far as a loss, but it does because um, he did get handled. The second fight also, you know, Brandon Moreno got a little bit dominated. But I think this is also a case of kind of like the situation with Dobronx or um, Charles Oliveira where, you know, like he had to he had to leave the organization to come back. Well, he didn't have to leave. or Dobronx didn't have to leave, but, um, you know, Brandon Moreno had to leave the organization, get some wins and come back. And, you know, that just shows you how much he's evolved Alessandro Pantoja, like he's he's really good. I'm not gonna I'm gonna say he's not not good, but I think uh, people aren't really giving too much credit because they haven't really seen him um, 
like pretty much anywhere. Like I mean, I don't even remember his last fight. That's how. Yeah, he's still how, ranked, but he's still ranked number. Yeah, two he's still ranked. It's very interesting. I mean, you know, flyweight. I mean, there's like a there's also like a lack of talent in 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 flyweight besides you know the big names. So mm-hmm. he's like the next in line, and I think. Uh, this fight is probably going to be closer than a lot of people think. Because um, Pantoja, like, he's no joke. You know, he's training out an American top team. He's, um, you know, he's very versatile. But I still think that Brandon Moreno will come out on top. I think this one will probably go to a decision. And uh, hopefully it goes in favor of Brandon Moreno. You know, their striking numbers and their grappling numbers are almost per- almost exactly even. Wow. I think sometimes you just run into certain types of fighters that just have your number yeah. For some reason, there's a rhythm to them, the way they're built, the techniques they employ that just kind of doesn't match with however your approach is here. And I think, you know, when you lose to somebody twice already in your career, there's going to be something in your head yeah. uh, about it. Uh, I'm going to go with Pantoja here. Oh, go with Pantoja. And you can bet some. Let's make a bet. Yeah, there you go. Like we've got a lot of bets to make up for in past. But uh, I think it's going to be a decision. Uh it's, I think it's going to be kind of an ugly fight. Like, I don't think there's going to be anything here that you'd go, wow, this is next level MMA stuff. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully it's not that bad. I don't want MMA to take a step back to have like a bad looking championship fight. But I kind of feel like Pantoja just might have this weird, this weird psychological edge on Brandon Moreno and you might see him fly right yeah. jump in. So we'll see. The odds are close enough. You know, this next fight we'll talk about could also have been the co-main event middleweight fight. You could almost call it a middleweight title qualifier. <laughs> number two ranked Robert Whitaker versus number five ranked uh, Duplessis. Uh, it's interesting. The odds here, though, Robert Whitaker open as a minus 410 favorite while Duplessis oh is a plus 310 underdog. Uh, it's not a bad how do you bet. See this? Yeah. Well, how do you see this unfolding? You know, Robert Whitaker is former champion uh, for a long time, too. Remember, he was injured for a little bit as well. Um, and the guy has, you know, the guy's pretty elusive. He's pretty, you know, he's well-balanced as far as, like, his MMA um, his MMA repertoire. Like, he can grapple, he can kick, he can punch. Uh, he's also got amount of experience fought uh izzy twice and you know yoel romero the list goes on yeah, and on he's I, the top of the division yeah and Dreek did beat darren till and he did beat a couple of other i think he beat uh what's the uh what's the african-american dude's name again gosh i forgot the name the one with the bleached hair gosh i forget his name uh but it's i think that robert witter with all that experience i think i just think that he just He's going to dominate him, and I think he can take it pretty much anywhere he wants. You know, they talked about Duplessis getting this nose surgery because people were clowning him, looking like he was gassed, but he just had some really bad deviated septums or something like that. He got him fixed. So let's see if this changes anything. I mean, honestly, when I watch some of the footage on him and I watch some of the training partners he's training with, you know, he's out of South Africa. He, did, I mean, he doesn't really, you know, South Africa's MMA scene is still really evolving, and he's probably the best person out of South Africa for that matter. So, I just don't think he has, uh, he has it yet. I think Robert Whitaker is going to dominate a three round decision on him. I'd like to see Duplessis versus Sean Strickland. I think style. That's a great fight. Be different. Yeah. And then I'm thinking of you here, Sean, too, okay. because I can't imagine the terrible, trashy ass shit talking that was happening between Strickland <laughs> and Duplessis. Because these two 
kind of epitomize kind of the trashy persona that people sometimes associate with MMA fighters that try to play the heel and try to talk on the mic to sell fights. So there's that aspect of it too. But outside of that, I'm actually interested in interested in the stylistic approach between those two. So my hope is that Robert Robert Whitaker holds on to his number two spot, uh, fights off Duplessis, and Duplessis gets relegated with Strickland to curtain jerking in the mid card or something like that. So that's my thing about that. Um, the next fight is a lightweight bout, Jalen Turner versus Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's still hanging in there at number 12. Oh Jalen Turner, number 11. Uh, Jalen Turner opening as a minus 250 favorite, Dan Hooker as a plus 210 underdog. And also on the main card, the middleweight bout, uh, Bo Nickel, wrestling phenom, um, has a new opponent. His previous opponent got hurt. So What? Uh, yeah, so Bo Nickel is going to fight Val Woodburn on short notice. Oh, uh, no. Bo Nickel opening as a minus 1300 favorite, Val Woodburn as a plus 750 underdog. So you guys with a real gambling problem, you know what to do. Uh, <laughs> I think he was supposed to fight. Was it Treshawn Gore before? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So um, that's unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, there's an injury. And then uh, one I, I'm interested in, the headline for the prelims, which will air on ABC and ESPN, will is uh, the legend. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I consider him a, like a legend. Maybe that might be Me overstating too. it. But at Walterweight, Robbie Lawler, for, former welterweight champ uh going against nico price robbie lawler opening as a plus 220 underdog nico price a minus 260 uh favorite and this is supposed to be robbie lawler's last mma fight or at least his last fight for dfc that's incredible man i, I mean, just hope that he doesn't get hurt a lot yeah These guys that ended their career i just hope they don't uh i hope they go out looking good feeling good being able to go and party with their family afterwards and enjoy their career yeah. and are, we got in that fight. i'm rooting for robbie lawler Me I, too. the thing is he's too, he you know what's interesting early in his career he was his approach was super meat-headed like i'm just gonna bite down on my mouthpiece i'm just slug it out with this guy and then later in his career when he became the champ he became smarter he learned how to strategize and take advantage of his power shots and get into the range where he could maximize what he was doing. And that's when he found a lot of success. And now we're in this, the late, late, late stages of his career. I feel like he's too smart. <laughs> like when people throw a bunch of punches at him, he can play defense now, but now he does it too much where he's not counter punching soon yeah. enough. And now yeah. he lets the other guy get away with scoring on him. So, but I'm glad it's that I'm glad it's that in this later part of his career, he's showing real MMA and fighting IQ and not just trying to go out there and show that he's still the tough guy that he was in his youth. So yeah. I'm a big Robbie Lawler fight fan with that and hopefully he doesn't get hurt. Uh, there's also um, some names here I'll throw at you, Sean. Uh, yeah. Also on the prelims, Walter Waite, Della Maddalena. JDM. Yeah, versus Jos Josiah Harrell. At welterweight, there's a women's strawweight fight. Yasmin Yoregui, oh, I'm totally t t killing that name, uh, versus Denise Gomez. Uh, light heavyweight fight, Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menefield. 
Yeah, man. They've got early prelims. There's a catchweight fight between Tatsuro Taira versus Edgar Chaires. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Light heavyweight fight, Vitor Petrino versus Marcin Prashinio. Prashnio from Poland. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, guys. It's late. <laughs> Bantamweight fight, Cameron Saiman versus Terrence Mitchell. Flyweight fight, Shannon Ross versus Jesus Aguilar. Lightweight fight, Camuela Kirk versus Esteban Rebovics from Argentina. And that is all happening. UFC 290 this Saturday. Guys, make sure you hit us up on our social media. Let us know which fights you're looking forward to and what kind of analysis you guys have. We want to hear your opinion on that. Um, real quick, Sean, there's also a couple of other events happening this week. You know, PFL has a league in Europe. So oh. there's something going on in Berlin this Saturday for the PFL. Um, it's the bantamweights and the lightweights. And of course, our um, beloved uh, one championship holding one Friday fights 24 at Lumpini Boxing Stadium in Bangkok, a mix of Muay Thai and MMA on that card. So so what's the rest of your week looking like, dude? Rest of the week, uh, I'm going to be going camping tomorrow out in Santa Clara. I don't know. I think somewhere near Gilroy or something like that. So okay. I'll be out there. <laughs> Bring my butt. Oh fuck! I gotta go buy some. Bring your butthole. <laughs> yeah, I gotta bring my butthole. I gotta bring my lube. But uh, yeah, we're gonna be Sounds doing like a party. that. Um, and it's my son's birthday on Friday, so happy oh, birthday, Titan! Uh, Titan, uh, my uh, my youngest. He's turning. Hey, four. happy birthday, Titan! Thanks. So he's gonna be turning four, and we're probably gonna have a little shindig for him. Have and a his kegger friends. for the kid. Have a kegger oh, for yeah. the kid. Do some give jello him, shots. You know, Give them some weed brownies and like. Yeah, we're gonna open up your mind. Party, right you, know. you can learn triangle escapes that such as slamming your partner through tables. There you go. <laughs> and then chocolate mushroom. No, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, how's your uh, how's your the rest of your week gonna be, bud? Uh, you know, coming off vacation, uh, so just teaching, training the rest of the week. So just normal stuff, and just feeling really fortunate to be able to do what we do. That's awesome, man. Well, I can't wait to. Uh, so is so your guys are fighting this weekend, correct? Like, uh, yeah, Ted is uh, doing yeah. the Muay Thai Development League in Stockton this Saturday. So I'll give you guys an update on what happens with yeah. his performance. So make sure you guys tune in next week. Shout out, Ted, man. Good luck out there, my man. All right, that's gonna do it for us, guys. Don't forget to. Hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to share the podcast. Don't forget to like it as well. Um, don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore Pierre underscore and yours, Carlo. Hopkey one on Instagram. Don't forget to hit up Magala Jiu-Jitsu out in San Francisco, Fight Culture in Daly City. Uh, Omni Movement out in Hercules and FTCC Las Vegas in Las Vegas. He's actually helping Brandon Moreno out with his jujitsu. So shout out to those guys. And I'm over at Hapkido USA in San Francisco. We're with Kohal to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and our Golden Pizza Muay Thai team. And also check out Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland. Also Sama Martial Arts in Pinole. Some really good fights this weekend. It's a huge pay-per-view. Is there any boxing? Is there boxing? No. We'll, we'll, we'll wait off on that. Okay. We'll wait off on that. But uh, be safe out there, guys. I know it's 4th of July week. Uh, get home safe. I know it's kind of, it's kind of nuts. I'm going to be driving home in this fucking war zone. So take care, guys. Have a good week. Happy 4th of July, guys. Yeah.